Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the very useful remedies that Seneca elaborates for us in book three of his On Anger is not something punctual that we do when we're about to get angry or we're already starting down the path and we want to catch ourselves. Rather, it's something that he suggests should be a daily or rather nightly routine for us, something that we want to make into a habit, a routine, a approach that we adopt over and over and over again. And it's not something as simple as it might first seem. There's actually quite a few, let's say, components or dimensions to it. So he tells us, and this is in chapter 36, the mind must be called to account every day. And that's a little bit of an abbreviation in the translation. The Latin says cotidie, which means every day, right? Ad rationem redendam vocandus est. And what he's talking about there is animus, which is the mind. And it's not anima, the soul, but rather the part of us that does our thinking. Now, remember that for the Stoics, this rational part is also the part that is subject to the emotion. So vocandus est, it needs to be called, right? Ad rationem redendam. So reason is both part of what's being looked at, the rational part, the mind, but it's also the tool, the scrutinizer, the agent that is looking at the mind. And it's interesting too, because Seneca doesn't say, use your mind to look at your actions or something like that. This is the mind scrutinizing itself, using its powers of memory to bring itself to account. And bringing itself to account is going to mean judging it self, right? So this is really kind of like if we were going to make an analogy to a whole body exercise, this is the whole mind exercise. It involves memory. It involves judgment. It involves a kind of, you know, metacognition that term people love to use these days. Now, Seneca says, I didn't come up with this myself. This is actually the practice or more literally what this person, this philosopher, who we actually don't know that much about, a local Roman philosopher, Sextius, who had his own minor school. This is what he did. This is his practice. This is what he engaged in. And he tells us that when the day was spent and he had retired to his night's rest, he asked his mind. He asked himself a set of questions. Which of your ills, your mala, the bad things, right, that are hurting you, that are screwing you up, did you heal today? Did you work on? Which vice, vitia, which vices did you resist? Vices that are still in you. And in what aspect have you become better? How have you improved? So it's asking not just about, well, what individual things did you do? And those are in the naughty list and these are in the nice list. It's actually asking more global questions. What are you doing that's making you better? What are you doing to resist or pare away the bad parts of yourself, of your mind, right? 
And so Seneca tells us something very interesting about anger. He says, your anger will cease, desinit in, in Latin, and lessen, moderatior erit. So it'll become, if not going away entirely, it will become at least more manageable, more tractable. It won't be quite as great. It won't break out quite as easily when brought before a judge, right? So who is this judge? Well, it's yourself. It's your own anger. It's your own mind. You're using your mind to judge your mind. And now notice one other key phrase in there. When it knows that every day it's going to be brought before the judge. So if you're not making this a regular practice, but only doing it occasionally, you're not providing that part of yourself that does get angry the let's call it warning or sanction that it needs of getting brought before the judge. And we could ask ourselves, Seneca doesn't go into this, why would anger be deterred in that way? Because the part of yourself that gets angry, this is an assumption here, doesn't like being judged, doesn't like being told it got things wrong, doesn't like being told it was out of bounds or over the line or pick whatever else you want, right? And so anger is going to lessen or cease. And then he says, is there anything finer, more literally, more beautiful, right? Than what? Than this habit. And here habit is a translation of consuetido, which, you know, means custom also. So this is something that you turn into your own internal norm governing yourself, a habit that you make for yourself, is anything finer than this habit of scrutinizing ex QTND, right? Of engaging in a process of, if we want to be more literal about this, sifting. This term comes to have a meaning of examining or scrutinizing, but it actually means like separating out so that you can find what's good and what's bad. A very interesting metaphor there. So he goes on and he says, is anything finer than this habit? What sort of sleep follows this? How peaceful, how deep, and how free? When, now what it, this tells us what this process is like, when the mind has either been praised or admonished, blamed, criticized, right? When you are telling yourself, you did a good job here. So it's not just about tearing yourself down or saying, oh, so bad or anything like that. You're criticizing criticizing yourself, you'll always have something, something to criticize, but you're also praising yourself when you got something right. And he talks about the sentinel and secret sensor of the self conducting its inquiry into one's character. So the sentinel speculator, the one who's looking at not just being a guard, but looking into sui, the self, sensorque, and the sensor. The sensor isn't just somebody who says, no, no, you can't print that. It's somebody who looks into morals or habits or character and then renders judgments and sanctions. So you are being your own censor. And I should mention here that where the translation says character in the singular, it's actually moribus, which is a term which is similar to consulto, right? Or habitus. These are habits. These are ways of doing things. Amores is most actually is a custom, a habit, a way in which you typically behave. So your character is formed of all of these 
little habits, right? That, that come together in some sort of nexus. So that is what you're doing. You're scrutinizing that. And Seneca says, Hey, this is what I do every day. Let me tell you about it. And this is how he closes. He says, I exercise this jurisdiction, this power, potestate, daily, and plead my case before myself. Me causum dico. I, I speak my case to myself. I tell myself about my case. And then I, of course, look at it without BSing myself. He says, when the light has been removed and my wife has fallen silent, aware of this habit that's now mine, I examine my entire day and go back over what I've done and said. And this is the very important part, hiding nothing from myself. So not going, well, I don't want to look at that part over there, right? Because it's going to make me feel bad. He also says, passing nothing by, not making any excuses. And then he says, how can I do this? Well, I don't have to fear any consequence. Why? Because I also can tell myself See that you don't do it again. And now I forgive you. Now forgive, uh, that might be a little bit too strong of a term. The Latin is actually tibi ignosco. I literally overlook or am ignorant of what you did wrong. You let it go, you could say. So, I mean, forgive works, let go, pass over, those all work as well. And so if you're brutally honest with yourself, then you can actually turn this into a process of self-improvement. And he gives examples of the sort of things that he says to himself, which I think maybe a lot of us could say. He says, in that discussion, you spoke too aggressively. Now notice this. He doesn't just say, in that discussion, you spoke too aggressively. All right, that was bad. I forgive you. Let it go. Try to do better. Instead, he's teaching and learning himself. He says, from now on, don't get involved with people who don't know what they're talking about. So it's not just looking back over it and acknowledging, criticizing, and then leaving it. There's also a, this is how you're going to do better next time. People who've never learned don't want to learn. You admonish that fellow more candidly than you should. As a result, you didn't correct him. You offended him in the future. Consider not just whether what you say is true, but whether the person you're talking to can take the truth. A good person delights in being admonished. All the worst people have the hardest time putting up with correction, right? And so it goes on and there's other examples, but what's really nice about this is it illustrates that it's not just about putting together a list of what you did and remembering all the things and maybe feeling some negative emotions, feeling some shame, feeling some anxiety or something like that, and then forgiving yourself. There's also a cognitive process of, which is also something that can become a habit of looking at the situation and saying, all right, what do I need to do next time? What do I need to have in mind next time so that I can do better? And if we do this, then, you know, not just with anger, but what all sorts of other problems that we are experiencing, our lives, our habits, our behavior, our mindset will gradually get better and better and better. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, 
keep studying these great philosophical works.